we are here. We've got our special guest, Michelle, Amber Rose, and Dr. Chris I are know, here. I know, how exciting. Hey, this is really exciting because there's so much information here. And it's so funny, you two together, Dr. Chris and Amber Rose, you have a wealth of information, but you seem like such odd, an odd combination. How'd you guys meet? We're, it's an unlikely pairing. It is. Um, we actually met, uh, Dr. Chris was on my talk show, yes. the Amber Rose show, the first season. And um, we met over lunch, kind of like doing like a interview, I guess. It was the strangest thing in the world. I don't know what you were told it was, but mm -hmm. they were like, we want you to meet Amber. She's doing this project. Um, and I wasn't really sure what they were like wanting or doing. And I remember thinking in my head like, man, what am I going to say to her? Uh -huh. Apples and oranges. Uh -huh. And you were intimidating when I sat down. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're both from Philly. We I are. Mean, we are. Well, what, what wound up happening is as we were filming this project, we just kept going, yeah, like fist bumping. And we we're like, oh my God, same page, same page. I, you know, mm -hmm. it just worked. Yeah. For sure. And we fell in love and now he's my work husband. Right. I'm his work wife. Uh -huh. And work we married. just, yeah. Well, because, you know, you, you, uh, Amber, you have the street credibility and you have. Uh, Thanks, bro. No, it's true. I mean, you are, you're, you're very, you're hood. She's but a down ass bitch. She's a down ass I'm bitch. spicy. Yes. And of course, uh, Dr. Chris, you know, you're more of a, you come from a clinical background. And actually it's a perfect pairing. You know Thanks. what I mean? Thanks. It's, Thank it's, you. it's amazing. So, and, but sex is usually what you guys are talking about. It's true. Yes. Yeah. So basically I give answers based off uh, what I lived and um, my life experiences. And then, you know, like you said, he gives the clinical answer to I've the question. Because I've never had sex before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's different because we'll, we run into questions where I'm like, shit, Dr. Kerr, I don't know how to answer that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, a crazy thing, not really crazy, but like, so we had a caller um, last week and his name was Nick mm -hmm. and he was transgender, uh, female to male. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm transitioning and I'm having an open relationship now with my girlfriend. And I just want to be more comfortable with my body as a trans man. Mm -hmm. And I want to know. eroticized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how to do that. And mm -hmm. I was like, fuck, I don't know. And then Dr. Chris was like, you should watch porn pertaining to people with your body type. That doesn't fetishize. Mm -hmm. that, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then look, you know, look at that porn and see that people eroticize that and they and they like that. They're mm -hmm. in love with that body um, and the uh, female to male transgender. Well, I say this to people with all kinds of bodies and that it was awesome. aren't acceptable. I say, you know, one of the powerful things of porn, there's a lot of flaws in it for sure, but mm -hmm. one of the positives that I prescribe it to my patients is because it's a way to see your body eroticized and desired. Mm -hmm. by the people in the film, by the fact that it's even produced socially. And you have to find the right forms because there are forms of pornography where certain alternative bodies are still being oppressed or marginalized mm -hmm. or fetishized and not seen as a whole person. But there are beautiful uh, production companies now making feminist porn, trans positive porn, queer porn. Mm -hmm. and it's really in service of making people feel better and okay in their alternative queer body. Right, Well, right. we're pro-porn. I know, Michelle, you're a big porn advocate. Love, I love it. I think, you know, one of the first things when we were on the RuPaul show in 96, we, we did a few porn related episodes. Mm -hmm. We did the awards. We mm -hmm. did, and we had a lot of uh, then porn stars on the show. And my husband obviously was a big fan and I was a big fan. And it was one thing that we enjoyed to watch together for obvious, obvious reasons. I don't think, I think there's a lot of things in this world that taboos need to be broken about a lot right. that I don't understand. Like when people have an STD, why not fucking talk about it? This is mm -hmm. how we bring out mm -hmm. that it's okay. It ha shit mm -hmm. happens, people. Mm -hmm. right. If you learn to protect yourself, you won't have it. Mm -hmm. So you get the message on and on, you know, things like that. Why is porn taboo? There's, these are people that are, for the most part, mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. you, these are people that are choosing they're, they're adults. Yeah. They're choosing to do this with their life. This is what they want to do. They're really good at it. Because Why can't we seen, celebrate it? Sex isn't seen as legitimate. It's not seen as a legitimate area of academic study. One of my PhDs is in human sexuality and sexology. That is mocked mm -hmm. by people. What, your PhD? Well, that that is an area of academic interest and uh -huh. value. They mm -hmm. think that but that's who, a joke. Who's legitimizing it? Why do we care? White, hetero, cisgendered. Fuck them. <laughs> Capitalist Well, I mean, man. that's the thing. It's, you know, and I had a lot of porn stars at my slut walk um, this year because, listen, at the end of the day, right, 
it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you will do. I will never do porn. Right. It's just not my thing. But I enjoy watching it. So why would I then, you know, be like, ugh, she's a porn star. She's mm-hmm. fucking gross. Right. But I would enjoy the moment while I'm masturbating and then and then judge her or him mm-hmm. after oh, the fact. And guess mm-hmm. what? Or even mm-hmm. judge it all. Mm-hmm. Right. All 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 work is body labor. Right. Every job requires selling your body. Mm-hmm. And I posted that on social media. I'm like, all jobs require selling your body. People are like, even as a writer, I'm like, yeah, you're selling your energy, you're selling your fingers. Like, no matter what you do, my job as a therapist, I'm selling my central nervous system mm-hmm. and my emotional limbic <laughs> yeah, system. You mm-hmm. absolutely are. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're taking all that information in throughout your sessions. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you about that too. And I but but in a minute, but I still want to stay on this porn thing because the are the way that our culture minimizes uh people, sex workers and and there's a, a a low value on the people themselves, and the, but there's a high value when people are using in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. There's that dichotomy yeah. right. that happens. Why is that? What is it? Our culture is our Puritan. I think background? people are yes. just uncomfortable with themselves, and they have to project negativity. So it's like you use porn at your convenience and then you judge it afterwards right. when mm-hmm. it works for you mm-hmm. right yeah so and that's un- it's unfair mm-hmm. correct so it's up to us as people who are outspoken to lead that movement into saying if you like it there's nothing wrong but with it but can you can you because no. listen people don't do any, people do nothing without a payoff and there has to be a payoff for people to continue marginalizing sex workers and just sex in general people there has to be a payoff what, what is the root problem as to why people uh, you know, I've seen many porn stars try to make it as a pop star. A few yeah, have, yeah, have crossed over, but when their huge audiences, um, are, see them in a different light, they don't support them. Mm. Like, um, because they're uncomfortable with themselves, right? One of my fantasies is to get gang banged, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I will probably never do that. I won't bring myself to do that, but I'll watch a porn where a girl's getting yeah. gangbanged and I'm like, right. that's fucking tight. Right. Like, that's plenty. so cool. There's plenty yeah. to choose You know what I mean? Yeah. But people like myself that want to get gangbanged, right? They automatically, they won't say it out loud, right? Right. That'll just be in their head, but then they'll project the negativity like, ew, this yes. bitch gets gangbanged. She's right. gross. But internally, if you're a girl, right, and you can have Trey songs, Drake, all your favorite artists or celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. And get, get gang banged. Right. right. You're gonna say no. Wait. Here's right. the and here's the biggest right. thing. Here's right. the biggest thing. Come Sex on is now. always suspect, and that's what it is. I, I think this might be a sloppy, lazy theory, mm. but I think it's the puritanical religious yes. component. Of course, but it is. sex is always suspect. So if I said to you guys, "Oh, on Sunday I watched four hours of football," you're like, "Cool." If I said I spent four hours watching Real Housewives, you're like, "Cool." If I said I masturbate and watch porn for four hours, you're like, "Holy shit, something's <laughs> wrong." Sex addict, porn addict. If I said I traveled to go shopping, cool. If I said I went to France to go look at art, cool. If I said I went to France to have sex with different kinds of people, sex addict, problem, red uh-huh. flag. Right. Sex is always suspect. Well, yeah. anything is a problem if you do too much of it, sure. whether it be shopping, watching football, Real housewifing, right, or having sex. <laughs> yeah. And I think it goes back to what you were saying. Anything could be uh, viewed as marginalized or wrong if we allow it and going back to puritanical ways. So if you're saying that about gangbang, you could say that about being gay. You could say that about anything where Mm -hmm. you where inside maybe you have a fantasy to be with another woman or a man. But on the outside, you're going, ew, it's not. It's disgusting. You are a sinner. You are a blasphemer. You need to go to hell. No, when I see girls, when I see girls get gangbang, I'm like, damn, she's lucky. Uh (laughs) You're in touch with what you know. And I wish I could do that. (laughs) you you can honey you can but Ruth's question about representation like I try as a doctor to use it as a possible intervention so someone might say I've been on I won't mention the names but I've been Mm -hmm. on some daytime medical style Mm -hmm. talk shows the Mm -hmm. doctors just kidding (laughs) and uh, and they're talking about body image I ain't saying no names long Uh history there uh, and they're talking about body image and I was the only one that was like and a way to work on body image is what we talked about earlier to watch pornography that mm-hmm. mirrors back yeah. all the doctors crickets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. because it's about image right. it's about you know, it all goes back to that wanting to be s- not straight in the sexual way but straight and narrow right. I do the right thing I know Republican 
But right. also, I think there's a vulnerability when people know what your sexual preferences are, is whether it be a gangbang or a, a whatever, uh, they have an in on you. And I think people don't want to expose that vulnerable Achilles heel mm. and, the, and that, that type of intimacy and that, mm -hmm. because they would feel that the, the world has the up on them. Would so I think you? that's why it's easier to say, um, you know, not have crickets and not really go there because you don't want to leave yourself wide open to that mm. and the same is true with all the porn stars these great beautiful porn stars huge stars no pun intended um <laughs> who who deserve they are excellent yeah. at what they do they are but then they're they have such a short-lived career and then their, their own public will shun them if they were walking down the street yes. and, and yes. they need any help because yes. it is a, because it goes back to the same original question it's still taboo it is it'll yeah. always be taboo and like you were asking but can we change no we can't but the people who are vocal about it like amber like myself about there's nothing wrong with liking pornography if you like it do it the people just speak about it when people ask you yeah, know but part, that's an inroad part of the attraction to porn though is the fact the that secrecy. it's taboo mm. and i don't know if people are willing to let go of of that taboo or the the, the judgment because that's part that's fetishized okay. too you nailed it because i was talking to someone who does naked yoga and they were like it's a space where everyone's naked and it's not sexual and i was like i'm not in yeah. and 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 she was like well why and i said because i want nudity to be arousing and sexual yeah. i don't ever want to see naked bodies and not right. be turned on because then you're taking away eroticism from me right, right? when i'm dating someone this is me when okay. i'm dating someone i don't want walking around naked all the time uh -huh. i want to still get turned on by seeing certain body parts okay mm -hmm. but that's you for sure because but that's why i would never go to a naked yoga class i don't want to have to what hide about a nude beat i would go for sexual reasons and I'd own it. Oh, okay. I'm not here to read a magazine. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. do think like you, but I think a lot of, maybe more women think the way I do. Whereas a nude beach, I don't go there and start dripping all over the place. I go to the nude beach and I just lay out nude because I don't want any tan lines. Right. Well, you, you were know? talking about that earlier because you were talking about the difference between um, men and women. Men and women <laughs> and how they, uh, I grew up in a house with all women and, uh, uh, you know, I had to learn later in life that sex and love were two different things. They are. And but as a man, also, um, if you're naked, I'm going to be thinking about sex. Correct. Whereas women are different. I was saying earlier before we turn the mics on women, not all women, because I am not one of them. Mm -hmm. But the majority, I can tell you if I have 100 friends, 99 think mm -hmm. they need to have some sort of emotional attachment to a man or a woman to have sex with them. I'm going to throw a wrench in that. Right? Okay. This is going to blow your mind. Whereas <clears> men <throat> can just fuck. There's a study done. I think it was 2008. Lisa Diamond, she did work on female sexual fluidity. Mm -hmm. They put what they call vaginal plasmograph in the women's vagina. It's basically a clear tube that measures blood flow and arousal levels. And it showed that women are often aroused without realizing it. Because unlike men, where I can see my erection, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm hard. Women can't pick up on the subtle arousals. Well, what good is that then? And they were turned on by watching porn with women, porn with men. Regardless of what they said their orientation was, they were showing arousal to everything, including mm -hmm. animals having sex. Yeah, mm. but sex. That is fascinating. But sex wow. is primal. For sex sure. is primal no matter who does it. But my point is, you, you were worrying about your tan lines. Yeah. You might still be a little drippy. Right. Maybe. Can I can I just say something real quick? Um, it's no secret. I was a stripper for mm -hmm. a long time. Best time of my life, by the way. I miss mm -hmm. it. I miss the dollars falling on my skin <laughs> right. every day. I miss it like I, I miss it. it like a motherfucker. But you know, the misconception that I get right is that, um, you know. I, I was hypersexual because I was on stage and my tits were out and I was dancing, but it really wasn't that for me at all. I really, so every time, you know, people think like I'm in the strip club, so I'm looking at all these guys and I'm like, God, I want to fuck him. I want to mm -hmm. fuck him. I want to fuck him. But really I was like, he got money. He don't got any money. He's broke as fuck. He's about to spend this shit. You know, that's what I, I was just thinking about money. If they saw your bubble, they would die. It's that true. Is wild. I worked you in a club too. Yeah, and what you're doing wild. is you're thinking, he just bought the Moet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He bought the, the cheap stuff. He just got all them dollars. Okay. Who's in champagne rooms? I'm about to go over yes. there. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> but right. exactly. what you're describing too is is power. It's you. It's, it's a very powerful position mm -hmm. to do. Because I, I lived in a neighborhood where there were lots of girls who were um, 
sex workers uh, on the street. Mm -hmm. And they weren't making a lot of money, but they were there because the validation and the power, because they don't get that kind of power in other parts of their lives. So, but on that corner, they could get the power. And a lot of these girls, um, they were, you know, transsexuals or or drag queens or whatever. Um, But it was a power thing. Yeah. It was, it was, and power is sexy. Yeah, you think about Melania Trump. Why is she there? Well, we know why she's there. Well, she's there for the the, the money. Power. That's it. And the power. She and she yeah. she can get things done yes. through this guy. Except you know? for wear a dress. I don't know about that. What do you think? I think I think initially, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think now being the first lady, I don't necessarily think that she wanted that. And I don't think that she wants to be there. I agree. And I think that she is now put into a situation where she can't be like, listen, I want to be out. So I'm going to go over here oh, and kind of do my own thing. I didn't ask for this. So she's right. hostage right so, now. So she's yeah. held hostage almost, you know, yeah. well, actually, yeah, she's held hostage because now her husband is the president of the United States. So now she can't be like, well, shit, I was going to divorce his ass. <laughs> but now I can't because now I'm in this situation right. where I have no other choice but to be here. You can right. see it in her face. Yeah. yeah she looks miserable. She yeah. does look miserable. Hey, we have Amber Rose and Dr. Chris here. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. You know, a lot of companies talk about how hard it is to find qualified employees. Well, ZipRecruiter is the solution. In fact, it makes it so easy for companies to find qualified employees to work for them. Yeah, it's actually super easy. But I know, being a boss, how hard it must be because you go through people. Sure. Constantly that chair is being, you know... Swiveling and changing and revolving. That's what I was going to say, evacuated. Uh But it was revolving. That's what I was looking for. And that's exactly what happened. Happens. It's really difficult right out there. But ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then the powerful technology efficiently matches the right people yes. to your job better than anyone else, which is weird because when I looked for Judge on a television show, RuPaul's Drag Race seemed to be up Isn't there. Isn't that amazing? Looking. Well, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Ah. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in 24 hours. I mean, say it again. 24 hours. 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That word immediate is really powerful. It's But you need someone right now. because In fact, the longer you don't fill that position, you're losing money. That's so it. you want to get that position filled immediately. That's why ZipRecruiter is so so brilliant. So brilliant. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. We said it free. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's the way that we are. So I love it. just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RU. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. See, that's what happens with my one last time. <laughs> ZipRecruiter.com slash RU. Good luck getting that candidate. We know you will. We are back with Dr. Chris and Amber Rose talking about everything. And I just want to ask um, Dr. Chris quickly, uh, you're a sex therapist. What do you do, uh, which is like being a medium. It's like you take on all this energy. What do you do to sort of do that Karen Silkwood wash, uh, you know, to sort of wash all that, those people's energy off your body, out of your consciousness? Yeah, and it's needed. And I think people don't realize that they work in professions like mine, how needed it is. I have a couple things that I do. Number one, I drive home and music is really powerful for me. Music is a really powerful transition out of one space into another space. So I listen to certain kinds of music when I drive home. Right now, I'm a big fan of like Bhakti, more devotional based music. It's probably another podcast. Mm-hmm. Crickets. What's that? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that uh, is. And then I also ha- I go home and I always shower right away when I change. Yeah. And there's something, and you could probably talk to us as well, something about changing your clothing, which mm-hmm. helps shift your identity and to see yourself in a different space. And um, the past like year and a half, I've been focusing a lot on chanting and meditation. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. taking off your work clothes and getting into your home clothes. For sure. Changes. Getting out of my drag. 
my work drive. Yeah. 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 Because it is a persona. When people see me on television in my doctor role, they're like, wow, you talk different. Your posturing's different. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's it's drag. It's a yeah. performance. You're a professional. I'm, I'm giving the world what they're supposed to see as doctor. Yeah. yeah. And Amber, I'm sure it's the same for you. People stop you in airports and at the grocery store or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And and they do that. You find that people are putting their stuff onto you or asking you for advice as a therapist. Because that's become Always. your role also now. Yeah. Um, literally everywhere I go, um, girls come up to me, they cry, they tell me that they were raped, that they were molested, that they were sexually assaulted. And, you know, I just hug them and tell them that, you know, everything's going to be okay, that you're strong, but I'm not a licensed practitioner. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. So because we do the podcast together and I, and I give advice to people, they think that I'm like a therapist and Mm -hmm. I'm not, I can only you know, give my good energy to them when I hug them and let them know that I'm here for them. Um, and that, you know, um, you know, that I'm sorry to hear that, but I really, sometimes I, I, I'm in situations where, like I said earlier, I kind of need Dr. Chris on my side because I don't know how to handle certain situations. Although I have a slut walk, um, which just happens what time of year? Wait. It's every October, uh-huh. um, which is my birthday month. Mm-hmm. So we have Slut Walk. It is. It is. She's a Libra. Wait, a you guys didn't know I'm that? A Libra. Oh, she's Libra. I'm, I'm Scorpio. Scorpio. I'm Scorpio so also. A, yeah, I'm yeah, October 21st. End of October. 27th. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. mm, excuse right. you, Dr. Chris. So is the Slut Walk every, the same date every year? So it's the first Saturday of October every okay. year. So this is the third annual one. The first one um, was very grassroots. Mm-hmm. I literally just asked all my rich friends for money uh-huh. and um and they came through mm-hmm. and i actually wrote that in my book how to be a bad bitch you can mm-hmm. go get it online right now yeah or on audio um but i wrote it in my book that the worst thing that someone could say to you is no mm-hmm. so you should just ask and maybe you'll get what you want and that's exactly what i did i i went out and i asked everyone for money to get it off the ground because it's mm-hmm. a nonprofit. i put in my own money we had 200 um sorry 2500 people show up men and women mm-hmm. first one Yes. The second one um, was last year. We had over 8,000 people show up. We had Beats by Dre as a sponsor. We had Pepsi as a sponsor. Um, and a, a lot of other sponsors as well. And, and it was one of the most transformative <clears throat> venues I've ever been a part of. Uh-huh. I used to think that like the New York City club scene was the most liberated for yeah. But the slut walk was so powerful, especially as someone like a cisgender male where I'm watching these people of all kinds mm-hmm. explore their sexuality different types of bodies topless and naked mm-hmm. and it, it was it was i don't even know how to put it into words it was really 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 powerful it Come was out it was amazing it. how far sure. do you walk i mean what what's the <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so about the exercise of it. well so so basically this year we're expecting over ten thousand men and women to show up for slut walk this oh, october um, and so what we do is we walk about two blocks. Mm-hmm. We protest. Last year, um, my sign said, fuck fame, make movements. Uh-huh. Um, the year before that, it said strippers have feelings too. Uh-huh. And um, this year, I don't know what I'm going to put on my sign yet. <laughs> but um, but we walk two blocks and then we, we do the protest, right? We go into the venue which the past few years have been Purging Square, which is a big open space in downtown L.A. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had Trina perform last year. Hey! Okay. Uh Um, We had all kind of vendors, you know, about uh, safe sex. We had HIV and AIDS testing. We had... um, you know, um, uh, tampons, pads, you know, anything that really had to do with feminism. Yeah. Was Planned Parenthood there? Uh, was, I no, no, I don't think so. We had oh. AIDS Healthcare Foundation there. Um, Dr. Forza really doesn't like them that much. <laughs> well, but, um, yeah, I know. Is it because of the LA Times article? Yes. yes. Yeah. There's a whole uh, lot going on. There, yeah. But. Yeah. So I kind of didn't know about that before, uh-huh. but um, shout out to them. They, they, they do a lot for Slut Walk. Yeah. I will say that. Um, What's well, very important. What what moved you to, to to do this thing? What was it? Did something happen where you fe- you felt hurt? Your heart hurt because people were shaming you. Is that how that the impetus for this? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like um, because I was a dancer, right? And then I became famous. It was like, but you're still a stripper. You're mm-hmm. not, but a stripper. Mm-hmm. You're not smart because you were a stripper. People just trying to keep you, you know? down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And but then Jay Z was a drug dealer, and he's like, right. you know, he had the hustle as well. So it's cool. He's to a like, man, honey. Yeah. 
But it's cool to like, you know, give people drugs and they could possibly overdose and die. Mm -hmm. But I'm shaking my tits, making money, and it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I wasn't fucking with that. And so, um, and then, you know, uh, my ex, Kanye, he used to like, you know, people would be like, well, he made you famous and my look made me famous, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And of course, being in that light, it brought me, it was a stepping stone. It brought me to the light so people could see me. But There's you're a, still here without him. It's true. And I'm yeah. also here without my ex-husband as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what happened was when I got divorced, um, I see my ex-husband out with like all these women. And they're like, yeah, Wiz, fucking mad bitches, man. Fuck Amber, you don't need her. And I was going through the worst time of my life, Aww. going through a divorce. And I would be seen with a male friend, a friend, and it's like, you're a fucking hoe. You're fucking everybody. You're this and double I'm like, standard. I'm like, you know what? This is complete bullshit. Now I'm going to have a slut walk pertaining to double standards, sexual assault, rape culture. And because I know that I'm dealing with it on a different scale. But I know mm-hmm. there's girls in regular neighborhoods that deal with this every day and they don't yeah. have anyone speaking up for them. So I'm going to be that person. It's and amazing. I took a lot of punches, Rue. I mean, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism. And I tell my girls all the time that I will take the punches for you guys so we can move forward and make a change in society and fucking own that shit. And so now I put up memes on my Instagram where I'm like, you know, everyone's out getting fingered and I'm just home, you know, just chilling <laughs> in the house watching movies. But, but I, this is why she's important and I love you. I love you too. Because you actually are using your platform for social change. Sure. Not just to rake in more money in cars. Yeah. Well, listen, that's the misconception is that, you know, over 8,000 people showed up to your slut walk. So you're just like doing it for money. (laughs) Bitch, I don't make fucking money off a nonprofit. I don't make, I'm not going shopping after that. You know what I mean? And honestly, we're not profitable yet. Right. So you don't need to explain that to anybody because at the end of the day, you're doing something for political climate to change the way people think, hopefully. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it for money, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think. Yeah. It's jealousy. That's where it comes from. Obviously, Mm. you know that. Is it from uh, more women or then or men that you get that the shame comes from? Um, Both. Yeah. Is it equal? Equally? I would say it's equal. And and, and that's the thing, you know. Men don't understand and they don't want to understand. Mm-hmm. They don't even want to look into it. Women are just like, well, why are you promoting girls to be hoes? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm promoting you to have sex when you want to have sex and own it and mm-hmm. not feel ashamed of it. Right. It's not for everybody. Yeah. It doesn't have to be not for, for everybody. If you Correct. Heard, if you're the term, a slut is a woman with the morality of a man. I did. Yeah. I did. But really, what slut the word slut, hoe, whore, it's really just a derogatory word to put down women for being comfortable in their sexuality. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be ashamed of that. You know, we're supposed to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to make him wait 90 days. Right. And then if he, you know, if if my parents like him, Uh then maybe I'll have sex. But, you know, it's like, fuck when you want to fuck. Who cares? The way the men weigh in on it, which is always interesting, is they talk a lot about their daughters. Uh Uh-huh. Like, oh, what kind of message is that giving to my daughter? Am Mm -hmm. I supposed to? And it's like, your daughter's going to fuck. Yeah, that you think as a father, you own your child, especially your daughter's sexuality. Like, it's yours. I have two teenage daughters. And personally, I have taught them about sex very young mm-hmm. because it's happening yes. very young. Yeah. They knew about that stuff in elementary school. That's why now they're educating kids in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Now, when we learned about it in freshman year, maybe eighth grade right. growing up, right? Yeah. So now, you know, it's on there. I know what's going to happen. I just have to teach them about safe sex, you know, protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. I like to teach them about emotion and relationships and maybe get being with somebody a little bit longer for their first time at least. Mm-hmm. But me, I was always the, you know, test drive the first night type of girl. And mm-hmm. and I have nothing but positive things to say about that. Because, right. you know, if you can't test drive it before you buy it, what's the point? What's the point? Okay. So talk about that all the time. It's true. <laughs> so the point is, this goes back again to our original conversation on the callback about this 
puritanical thing because who's to say that somebody who likes to have sex and be vocal about it mm-hmm. is any less than the person who right. waits 90 days to have sex well, and well, if you don't you end up in my office as a client because yeah. people think if I love you enough and I'm attracted enough that sex will just work itself out and mm-hmm. it doesn't as we said sex and love are two different things right. you can love someone and not have sexual chemistry or compatibility right. I cannot create that for you mm-hmm. well you know what always happened with me um, I'll be honest I was always Blessed with beauty. Um, yes. And yes. I'll, I'll be it. honest. It's true. I, I was. You are gorgeous. Thank you. You are as well. Go on. Um, but I was blessed with beauty, right? Um, and a very curvaceous body. My tits are real, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so jealous. And so, <laughs> and, so, and so what happened was is that people would always assume that I was extremely sexual mm-hmm. and I was into all these, you know. Did you develop that young? Very young, mm. very, very That's young. Tough. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and Dr. Chris knows me very well. Um, I'm actually not that girl mm-hmm. at all. I'm like a serial monogamous. Mm-hmm. I love relationships. I love passion. I love love, closeness. You don't like hookups. I don't like hookups. Mm-hmm. I never have. I, I'm not into one night stands. Um, I'm not into uh, casually having sex with someone. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. I don't judge people that do that. I actually say, listen, if that's your thing, you should do it and do it in this way. Protect yourself, like you said, um, and and own it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But it's so funny that because of my body and my looks, if I have a male friend or I'm just hanging out with someone, people automatically assume I'm either fucking him right. or I've had a million threesomes and orgies. I have one threesome last year and we had it to was do a therapy session right? it was yeah. hard it was really i didn't enjoy me. it yeah. well, it was very hard not for fun. me they're i woke up fun. the next day i felt bad about myself i felt i felt dirty i felt like um i did it because i was 33 years old and i've never had a threesome before and i was like you know what let me just get two of my good friends and let's just try it. Yeah. Fuck it. And it just wasn't my thing. Right. Well, people try to put, people want to put everyone in a box. You know, the way the brain assimilates and tries to figure things out is to say, well, that's what you are. Okay. And, and that's what you are. Compartmentalized. It's compartmentalizing. Yeah. And, you know, I, going back to the slut walk, the, 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 the purpose of gay pride parades was to sort of um, even the scale. There was so much shame attached to being gay. Uh, the gay movement decided, well, let's have a march to sort of uh, uh, like take know, it back, like reclaim take it, it, take it back, yeah. and sort of sort of e- even the scale. Of course, it eventually turned into just a capitalism. party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, capitalism, capitalism, capitalism a party. And, yeah. How are you going to try? How are you going to avoid that same sort of uh, uh, you know falling into just just a party or is that okay i'm cool with that <laughs> because you know what i'm gonna tell you why i'm gonna tell you why because listen you know um at the end of the day there is a lot of deep-rooted issues for women right that we deal with and and we protest against that right when we walk but for the rest of the day it's a celebration of mm-hmm. women as well last year we involved the lgbt community because there's a lot of gay men transgender male to female that do get raped and sexually assaulted constantly. Oh, honey, the statistics and are they, out of control. And they don't go to the police because the police are going to be like, well, you just had an orgy three days ago and now you're raped But that today? happens with women too, not just trans women. No, yeah. of course. You know, you're at a club course. and the police come and you're dressed the way you dress. They look at you like, oh, and you didn't yeah. want that attention. Right. Well, but, but, but the thing the thing of it is though, is what people don't understand, right, is that I can have sex with five guys tonight right Mm -hmm. um and next week i was i'm you know being raped by someone right right? and so with the authorities a lot of authorities say well we found out that you had you know a gangbang the week before and now all of a sudden this guy the one of the guys wanted to have sex with you the next week right right. i didn't want to have sex with him next week i didn't want to he forced himself on me rape is rape Regardless if you had sex with them before, correct, yeah. consensually. Could be a husband. But the sex shaming, you bring up the point of sex shaming, like we use that against politicians to yeah. slam them, like yeah. teachers. Yes. Yeah. Someone's sex life is the biggest weapon. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like we love using that against people. Well, that's why, you know, some of the best political minds in the world have been kept out of the, that field because of sex or drugs. Although, strangely, none of that affected Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Is, what is that? It's crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's interesting. We're talking about the slut walk a minute ago. Uh, uh, Amber Rose's um, foundation, that uh, nonprofit, that uh, 
convenes once a year October. in downtown LA. I believe it's downtown LA. Yes. The first Saturday of October. You guys also host Love Lines. Where yes. can people find Love Lines? Um, they can go to play.it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Spotify, Yeah, iTunes. Amber Rose, uh, Am- uh, lovelinewithamberrose.com as well. Um, and then, yeah, iTunes, podcast. Okay. Yep. Now, a lot of the things we talked about had to do with really kind of changing the molecular structure of what, the way people think. And in a lot, you know, it's almost, it's a very tall order to get people to change or deconstruct their whole belief system. What's the first thing uh, a person can do to sort of approach that concept? This is big. <clears throat> we used to, uh, family and school used to be the number one socializer. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it's not now social media. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, if you don't like your body, if you don't like some aspect of yourself, take a look at social media. What are you following? Because our brains are nothing but the social media we're embedding in it. Sponge. Ah. So if you show me your phone and I look at your apps, your Facebook, what you're following, what you're following Instagram, that tells me your psyche. And so unfollow things that make you feel bad or right. aren't representing who you are and That's what you smart. want. That's very smart. That's very smart. And also... Good. I'm sorry. Um, and also, you know, let's let's kind of think for ourselves, right? Because, <clears throat> for example, if a guy takes you out on a date, right? Takes you to the movies, out to eat, you know, gets you popcorn, hot dogs, stuff like that. Let's say in New York City, it's about three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so <laughs> then, <clears throat> what is the difference? For a guy to say, hey, I'm going to give you $300 and I want to have sex now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie and the dinner, you had sex with him anyway. Society will tell you that that is wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't just have you a need quick to get paid trans- for. Well, you just can't have a quick transaction, right? Because then you're a slut and you're dirty mm-hmm. and, you know, that's gross and it's prostitution. But if he takes you out to eat first mm-hmm. and you have sex that night, it's almost like not society will say yeah. that's the right way to actually right, do it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. But what is the ideology that keeps that system in play? I mean, when you really tear it down and deconstruct that whole concept, what keeps it in play? Is it that it's a way for the ego to feel power over someone else? It's like you you want to put someone else down so that you can feel good about yourself. Is that what we're really talking I think about? It's, I think it's heteronormativity. Yes, it's the way we were raised. We live in a world where we believe that the family and a man and a woman and kids Nuclear. are the center yeah, are the see. center point of everything. Yeah. And anything that supports that or comes from that is healthy and anything that challenges that ah. is unhealthy. It's the way we were raised. It's the way our parents were raised. It's the way their parents were raised. It goes back to fucking 1492. Mm-hmm. It goes back to where, what is right and what is wrong. It's our constitution. Things need to change. Well, I tell my patients and I, and I have a book out, Sex Outside the Lines mm-hmm. and my book is about radically ripping apart gender. I'm a fan of what you said. I don't support diagnostics or labels. I tell everyone to have no labels in terms of sexual orientation or gender. But one thing I talk about is that we love the model of dinner or coffee date first, then maybe physicality. And I say, you can go in the inverse as well, which is we at some point have to explore all levels of compatibility. Mm-hmm. And if you want to start the sexual, physical, affectional, that's cool too. Because in my personal life, some of my longest, most deeply full of love relationships started with sex first and mm-hmm. was supposed to be sex only. Mm-hmm. The compatibility and chemistry was there. And I said, hey, let's spend more time together. And mm-hmm. then we explored the other levels. I agree. Mm-hmm. And years mm-hmm. went by. I've been married long. for nearly 20 you can years any entry of sex point. on the first Yeah, date. you don't have to follow that heteronormative model no. of like dinner first, must delay sex to show true interest. Like mm-hmm. someone wanting to have sex first could be a sign of full on interest because for me, I want to explore that because sex is really important. And level. yes, mm-hmm. Drew, it mm-hmm. does go back to the ego. It goes back to the way ego is programmed mm-hmm. by mom and dad mm-hmm. saying, you can't do that. That isn't right. Maybe they're worried about it'll reflect on them. I was the the biggest hoe you know this uh-huh. I did, I well, everybody everybody, everybody knows, knows. That. yes yes i wish i had known that i could charge back then fuck the call, right? <laughs> take your fucking coffee yes. give me 300 bucks yes. i would turn you out right yeah, now bitch. Yes. right in my pocket all of them yeah. it's true if Keep i had known i i was into one night stands i was into alley sex car sex cars over Not a, a stick shift i didn't so give a where shit where were you you would i would have married you new jersey where were you new i was jersey. in philly you were too we were far so away that bridge just a bridge away but just to go 
back to the ego thing, I would say our ego is nothing but social media. Our social media and our ego are now fused in our brain. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so really zero in on what do you, what TV shows are you watching? What covert messages are they giving you about how to be in the world? What magazines are on your coffee table? What social media are you looking at? You are feeding your psyche that. So we also were talking about um, last week on our podcast, how all the Disney uh, the princess the thing. The princess. Yeah. Did you see that? No, I didn't. No. Okay, so they basically all cater to a man. Every single yeah. movie about was like, yeah, yes, it was about guy, getting get a, a guy. guy. You have to get Prince Charming. You have to and wake you have up to be out pretty. of your fucking you have coma. To be traditionally uh-huh. feminine you know, and pretty. Although right. Mulan was an ass kicker. Hello. Yeah. 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 But you know that's an interesting thing too because um, Michelle and I were talking about girl groups and how it's hard for me to invest in girl groups because they always break up so much. And Michelle was in a very famous girl group. She was in Seduction. You know, it takes two oh, to make a thing go right. Well, but you know th- what happened is when you put a group of women together uh if they've been domesticated through the princess ideology um the the idea is to get that man to get that prince so there's a lot of infighting with women in these groups yep. like this. Well, I know why you broke up now. <laughs> I know the story of why seduction broke up. I was stealing your up. man. <laughs> just drop that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just, true though. It's an interesting yeah. thing. And I grew up in a house full of women. I'm very familiar with that thing. Why is it that women will sabotage other women? Why is that? That's the age old question, darling. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, um, it could be jealousy Envy, insecurity, um, insecurity, monogamy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you re- I, I had a friend. I had a friend that like uh, we were roommates when I, this is when I was younger, and um, she would be like, straight up, Amber, I got this dude coming over. I'm gonna need you to go in your room and do not come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why? Like you, you don't want me to say hi to him. What's wrong? And mm-hmm. she's like, bitch, no, I don't want him to see you and like you oh, and not oh, like me. Damn. Right, right, insecurity. Right. And I remember, like, yeah. flat out said that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll go in the room. You know, right. I was like 18, and I'm, and you know, I'm sitting there thinking about it. Like, I wouldn't do that to her. Right. Because if he's gonna fuck you or right. you're gonna fuck him, right? I don't need to be your friend, and I damn sure don't need to be with him. Because you're secure. I had the most gorgeous. When I worked in the strip club, I had the most gorgeous friends in the world and I lived with them and I was so proud of them yeah when I went out I was like look at my gorgeous friends Mm -hmm. it's security right I'm not saying I'm the most secure person in the world but one where one place I'm not secure uh, I am secure is with my beautiful friends and if I'm if I think my husband's gonna fuck with them then I'm not in the right relationship right Mm. yo say that again that's what it comes down to you don't I if you are looking at somebody else then I am not in the right relationship but I blame a systems like I've said a second ago I blame monogamy and marriage I don't think that they're inherently bad Mm -hmm. but they are difficult to do and they give us the message that you can only find one person and you have to be them forever Mm -hmm. and that causes a lot of panic and anxiety because that's not a theory of bounty and wealth it's a theory of scarcity yes and you have to find that one and you better hold on because it's forever right we lived in a culture which we will we are moving towards polyamory and open styles Mm -hmm. fast good Mm -hmm. there's a health Uh, yes but what will happen is there will be no more panic because there's always room for more and you can distribute and outsource yeah but we're moving toward but we're not there i had two boyfriends at one point and the problem well no because with (laughs) it more work it it is more work but it's also did they know about each other they did know about each other but was never cool it's new york city it was never cool it was like one time passing in the hallway and i was like oh fuck this is like (laughs) he knows i just fucked him and he's gonna come and i'm not gonna fuck him now Mm -hmm. there's that feeling of insecurity of what are they saying to each other you were stacking you were stacking look come on every slut knows don't stack to be fair i was 19 or 20 i got caught out there and they were passing each other in the hall and i was like shit 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 this moment's happening it it the thought of it is great but I am not cut out for that. Sure. Well, I am you, not. You were like a therapist. I was. You, you just had just a, the a sex therapist. She was yeah. a sex therapist. I was the, the catalyst. Scheduling and the problems. Medium. Yeah. But it's not easy to do those things. And polyamory to me is exhausting. Of course. I yeah. couldn't even handle two. More responsibility, more compassion, more relational management. And you're just giving sure. of yourself, not just physically. And that's why there's a lot of transformation. The clients I work with that can pull off polyamory and open relationships have a lot of security. Mm-hmm. They have really good communication skills. So they yeah. can talk about and process jealousy, which will arise for anyone. Mm-hmm. And also managing that responsibility. Because this is what I say. If you can't pull off one healthy relationship, you are not ready for more than one. Right, mm-hmm. right. But, but if you were going to do that, though, 
it would be smart to not stack and to, and, no, and to make sure that the others, you, just to be polite, yeah. to not cross, uh, to make make sure that it's really? they're they're separate. Didn't have cell phones back. No, well, but that's why I asked if they know about each other because that's my ideal situation, yes. right? I have two boyfriends. They're cool. We're all snuggling in the bed together, watching a movie. I'm in the middle. Well, that didn't happen. You know, no. like that's the type of moment I want. You no, know, they were separated. It was this one. I had time with this one, right. and I had oh, time nah. with this one. Yeah, they I want them about. together. Yeah, we all go out to eat together. Yeah, we go bowling. That's, that's a thruple. Yes, yes. Yeah, everybody thruple. pulls out uh, their Amex card to, uh, to pay the oh, bill yes. at the same time. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Now, Doctor Chris, yes. when clients come to see you, what's the number one issue? Without giving anything away to or breaking anonymity, what's the number one issue people come to ask you about? I'll collapse into two things. Number one, if it's a couple, it's always, um, uh, if it's a couple's in sex therapy, it's usually mismatched sexual desire mm -hmm. in terms of like one person wants more sex than the other one. Mm -hmm. And then this, the, the generalized issue though that everyone comes in with is, am I normal? Mm. What do you mean, am I normal? It is, is, is the way I'm being in the world, is the things I'm thinking, are the things I'm turned on by, Am I normal? Am I okay? Oh, I see. Is yeah. it okay that I like to have this kind of sex? Is it okay that I want this kind of relational style? Is it okay that I have the body I have? Uh -huh. So a lot of people think, you know, sex therapy is fixing sex. And actually, no, it's me actually telling people they're okay the way they are. And what's, mm. what's normal anyway anymore? Well, that's the thing. I tell them normal is actually not the goal. Right. Because mm. what's normal in our culture is a whole list of unhealthy-isms. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I tell them, be more confident in who you are. And so clearly that's easy said than done. But that's what the work is, is people mm -hmm. saying, like, I want to feel okay with who I am. Right. So I do a lot of liberating. How, how, do, the, how, how do people find you? Um, well, I mean, I do some media stuff. I have but he's finding out. a therapist is, I'm just a therapist yeah, in general, sure. is, is also... It it's is. trial and error, though, isn't it? It really is. Most therapists uh, aren't doing that great of work because they haven't worked on themselves. They yeah. suck. Do you have like a website where people can go on and get an appointment with you? Um, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, but you have to live in LA because I work weekly. I'm taking a hiatus from my practice for a couple months to do some self care and to work on my next You're book. You're transitioning. So, yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> do you do it's going to be a really big fall, Rue? It's going to be a big fall. <laughs> do you do Skype appointments and stuff like that? Or no? I don't. Just, okay. I don't offer okay. that. Yeah. Right. So basically, all I can offer people, and it sounds like not a lot but I do it to try to help read my book Sex Outside Lines go mm -hmm. on my social media I work really hard to curate posts and I set and I do little Instagram videos that just try to make people feel okay with who they are um, normalize what they're going through I really support body diversity gender diversity so I, you go to my social media yeah you know? it, can a person though change what they like can you because a lot of the, the fetishes or the sort of secret little things that turn a person on happen in childhood remember right. in the movie Blue Velvet where he, mm -hmm. he cuts a piece of her blue velvet mm -hmm. and he puts and some, the oxygen. Yeah. He puts the oxygen yeah. and you're thinking what created that right. well we're learning that just like our brains we used to think that when you're in your early 20s your brain solidifies and doesn't grow anymore our brains are plastic our entire life they're always mm -hmm. changing mm -hmm. relationship and novel experiences change our brain our sexuality is a little more plastic than we thought and I look at my own the things I'm now turned on by in terms of the genders I date and have sex with and the things I like were not there when I was a child we mm -hmm. talked about that they've been really? folded I feel the in same way there's things that turn me on now that would have never turned me on really? 100% body mm -hmm. types yeah. for me mm -hmm. uh, men that sure. I wouldn't I would have looked at 10 years ago and been like are you kidding but right. some of it is yeah. and the question the might be like is it that it, was it there but we now have the confidence to acknowledge it. I don't, I don't know mm -hmm. but I know that I went I, I was allowing myself to date people that were trans I never would have been okay with that in the past mm. because, but also trans wasn't a thing when we were growing well up. that too there was I agree with they that. were always around but they were never yeah. in our consciousness and pornography now gives us a more diverse set of things Which is to wonderful. find and enjoy I've, that we uh, know about and I also I've never been attracted to like distinguished white men because mm -hmm. um, my dad is like really white and like military and it, my dad's extremely good looking mm -hmm. but I was just like it like they kind of like reminded me of my dad mm -hmm. and it was weird it freaked you um, out yeah, yeah it was just weird but now I find myself extremely attracted to white men mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. even older white men so it just changed over time I just kind of it's kind of like the food that you eat too sure you yeah. know what I mean yeah. absolutely so like it, it's funny because I'll go back and I'll be like um like my friends out here, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna take you to Philly. I'm gonna get you this cheesesteak. It's gonna mm -hmm. be amazing. But then I go back and eat the cheesesteak that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this yeah. is fucking gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. I'm like, I used that. to eat this shit every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is disgusting. This yeah. is not my thing anymore. And I hear you. We got uh, Dr. Chris and Amber Rose. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. You know, I cannot tell you how 
helpful having a therapist for all these years has helped me evolve as a human being on this planet. I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. I was just going to say, I'm not sure if I'd be here. Yeah, yeah. No, and now it's available to really anyone who wants it, wherever you are. Talkspace allows you to have a therapy session wherever you are, whenever you want. I love the idea of this. I love this because there's so many people out there, a lot of kids, yeah. uh, a lot of people in their 30s who are still struggling, and they come to me with it. I'm like, guys, I wish I could help you, but I'm not, in my mind, I'm a therapist, mm-hmm. but I'm not a qualified therapist, and that's what's so great about Talkspace, is you go to Talkspace.com, this is how it works, you guys, slash Rue, or you download their app, you're then going to speak with a Talkspace therapist representative, where you're going to find out, you know, they're going to ask who you are, your goals for therapy, what you want to get out of it, which mm-hmm. is a goal. Sure. Um, then you're going to pick a plan and be assigned to a therapist that best fits your need. Now, with Talkspace, you don't just have a professional that you see once a week, but someone right at your fingertips to be there for you constantly when you need it and someone you can always talk to because when you pay for therapy you don't get all that no you have to set up an appointment and you have to save it up and wait till you see your person i was gonna say and that's it you better write some cliff notes sure yeah well with talkspace that's not the the, you you get to talk to your person when you want to right in your pocket baby i love it right in your therapist in your pocket oh that's nice so for 30 dollars off your first month go to talkspace.com slash rue or you can download the talkspace app on the apple or the android you know and use that offer code ru with Talkspace, you're never alone. And I'd love to talk to you all. I'll be your therapist, but I can absolutely not guarantee it's the right direction. You <laughs> well, you be do going. have a, you have a lot of good advice, but something tells me it's because you've had a lot of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can only talk like that. Like you too. Yeah. We can only talk like this because we've had the therapy. Sure. And with Talkspace.com, you could have the therapy right now yourself. Because you know what? In some of these cities, these people don't know where to go. I know. I know. I, I couldn't imagine how to go out and find a therapist. Well, 300,000 users already know that Talkspace is the way to do it. Yes, you guys. So $30 off your first month. Go to Talkspace.com slash Rue and get the help you need now. We are back with Amber Rose and Dr. Chris. They host Love Lines, which is available as a podcast in lots of different areas, and they've got books and everything. Now, Amber, I would mentioned earlier that you get stopped a lot, and I don't know if I got the answer from you. How do you cleanse yourself of taking on all of these people's energy? Because you're so recognizable. Mm. Uh, people flock to you for obvious reasons. Um, how, do you, how do you sort of cleanse your, your psyche of all, taking on all this energy? Well, um, you know, I think about the positive that I have now because for for a long time, I'll be honest with you, um, I hated being famous. I didn't necessarily ask for it. It kind of just happened for me. Um, And so for quite a few years, I was like, you know what? I really just want to be normal. I want to go back to Philly. I want to be a regular girl again where I was cool with everyone. Everyone Mm -hmm. loved me. I was a ball of sunshine. And now you know, people hate me and I got people that like say mean things about me. And, you know, yes, I uh, have money now. Mm-hmm. I get to travel more because I have money. But everything else in my life is kind of like, you know, very negative. Mm. I get a lot of negative energy. Mm. So what I started doing is I started not giving a fuck. <laughs> and that actually helped me a lot. There you go. So it, 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 to do that, I literally wake up in the morning and I say, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I really don't give a fuck about all this negative shit. I don't give a fuck about you, you, or you. And I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want that makes me happy. That's That's very zen, actually. It's really brilliant. Mm -hmm. And what do people ask you when they do come up to you in the airport or or whatever? What's the number one question you get from, from fans or people who stop you? I don't I, I don't usually get questions over there. They usually like tell me stories mm. when I'm out. But I would say on my talk show and on the podcast, um, I get uh Am I gay? Right? Mm. So it's usually guys, right, mm-hmm. that want some type of butt play, mm-hmm. right? In very hetero uh, sexual relationships, they ask does that make me gay because mm-hmm. I want my ass played with? Mm-hmm. Or the girls will call and say, my boyfriend was his ass played with. Is he gay? And right, Dr. Chris, we over get that mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. all the time. And what we tell people is that if, if it's a man and a woman, then it's not gay. Right. 
Like, yeah, whatever heteros simple. do is hetero. Yeah, yeah but I know a lot of I know plenty of hetero couples where the men like men likes to be yeah, pegged. very advanced. Absolutely, it's very so, advanced. Yeah. I know it's advanced, but it's, it's great. still he's not he doesn't identify as homo, homosexual. Sure. No, he identifies as straight. Just because you get your of, ass played with as a man, it. it does not make you gay. And a lot of women miss out on the fact that men have a prostate yes. and we do not. Wait, right. let me as a let me as a as a male bodied person say that an orgasm with prostate stimulation is like rocket ship. Yes, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. nothing that compares to that. And we don't have it, women. So right. if men want it, it doesn't make them gay. They have a little G spot. Yeah, in their butthole. But the crazy thing that Amber's pointing out is that, like, a lot of the questions we get, yeah, are about people being afraid of being seen as gay. Right. The, the shame runs rampant. Yeah. The shame. It's, it's really sad wild. because I've always thought, you know, uh, if if you know, it's funny how your finger fits into your ear and into your nose. There are certain logical aspects to the human body. You're right. And there are, you know, and, and erogenous zones that are similar taboo and the butt is taboo. I remember the first time I had a high colonic, you know, there was, I, the buildup to going there was so much. And I had to examine, what is that? Well, it's shit shame. We yeah. have so much shit shame. Yeah. And I remember after I, after I finally did back that ass up for a high colonic, <laughs> I was like, what took me so long? Did the technician stay in the room? She did stay in the room. And okay. someone sent me to this woman in, in West West to LA. And it was this very Zen sort of atmosphere with incense and candles. And it was an Asian woman who was very calming and soft light. Mm. And she was very gentle. And it alleviated my shit shame yeah. when I had this. Amber, have you ever had a high colonic? Um, I had one once, yeah. Did you enjoy it? It felt very weird. No, there are two different kinds. There's the kind where the tube stays in you and does all the work. And there's another horrible one. <laughs> where you have to hold and release. and hold Where on. you have to hold oh, and geez. release, which is just so humiliating. I don't, again, I'm in back front of the like shit. the doctor. In, the instead technician. of the technician. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like when the technician stays in. I want the technician to stay in. Yeah, I want to her to in. talk. To, tell me what's coming out. I can see it, but I right. want to know. Well, but see, only do the one where the tube the does all the work. Yeah. It's the two tube. They have, the water is coming in one side and then the, the uh, evacuation. The sucker outer. Yes. I was putting it in a more sucker clinical outer. way. <laughs> the evacuation happens in another tube, yes. and um, and I remember when when she she tell, she she put it. She said, she, "I'm going to let you guide it in for when I first did it." And and I and then she and I said, "Is is it in?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, that's a whole other story. Right there. <laughs> what are you we can we can we can do a lot with that. <laughs> Because I knew what it was in. Yeah. She was like, and we're saying. using the large too. We're using the extra large. We hose. need the garden hose for this one, fellas. Oh, shit. It was great, though, but I wish I could have, I wish I did them more often. I wish it I makes had a home, a home yeah. version I've had, of it. I've had two done, and it was about a decade and a half ago. It's been a long time. You're oh, getting it's in the time. back of my head. You got yeah. some Tonka trucks yeah, up there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I remember her just saying, lay on your side. Yeah. She lifted my one butt cheek uh-huh, up, uh-huh. looped it up, yeah. and was like, Woof. Yeah. 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 And that's it. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was quick, and it was kind of like, all right. And then I didn't really feel it, but then the the water yes. filling up in my yeah. stomach I, I didn't like that you didn't like that no no it's Bec- uncomfortable but when yeah. you release when you it release when it yeah. evacuates it feel, feels really good yeah. and afterwards you feel you feel lighter. like lighter mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want to um eat any crappy food afterwards because i because they the theory is you're like i'm clean now i'm clean now <laughs> i'm pure the theory is that that gum you swallowed at seven is still in your colon <laughs> that's what they right. say that's what they say but that's not true what happens is your body actually does evacuate all that stuff and your body can nat- naturally do it i just like backing that ass up. <laughs> i heard because you nasty, right? okay, nasty but here's another question do you have a squatty potty? Are you yes, kidding me? Oh, we do. I love that we're talking about We've this. We've got one in every room. I've got Game one changer? in every single room. I don't have one. My daughter, this is how it happened. It's the sponsor for our podcast. Yeah. This is how it happened. I walked into my 16-year-old daughter on the toilet, sitting with her feet on the toilet seat mm-hmm. in like an M position. I'm yes. like, what are you, are you giving birth? Yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, I like pooping this way. It comes out easier. I was like, yeah. oh. I'm gonna get you a squatty potty. Yes. And that's how it started. And I've got one now in every single room because that's the position yeah. we are meant to poop in. I can't enema myself. I'm scared to death to mm-hmm. enema myself. So I do colonics, mm-hmm. but having something like a squatty potty changes your life. So when so, you go to a place that doesn't have a squatty potty, you notice the difference. You're like, this 100%. Is not, wow. So I'm watching Shark Tank. 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I see the squat. So when he, they first start talking about it, you know, Shark Tank, they, yeah. they have to, you know, they're explain, entrepreneurs, yeah. right? They explain it. And they're like, yes, you're in every part of the world besides us, people squat and poo. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And so they did that. And then um, for birth too, honey. For birth yeah. as well. Yeah. And I was going to do that, but my son was breached. Mm. But I was um, 10 pounds, so I didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. I was nine too. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I seen it on Shark Tank and I was like, that's really interesting because I feel like sometimes I need to like yes. kind of move around. Yeah. And Untwist your intestine. Your yes, yes. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so horrible. So I got a squatty potty up in my room uh-huh. and it's fucking amazing. I Dr. Chris, love it. You have to get one. one. The first time I saw one was at the High Colonic place because after you've finished with your High Colonic, they send you into the restroom to evacuate whatever what, resi- left. what's yeah, left yeah. you know and uh, see how i know the technical terms you do. yeah you do and um so that's the first time i saw it and i have one uh, uh i have uh, you have a bedazzle they, they sponsor you they sponsor you you said yeah They're so can sponsors. you send me one and like write a little message for well, me on absolutely it will. so when i look down absolutely there's like will. a little room but here's the yes. question dr chris here's looking at you thinking yeah, of you thinking well shit that's the one do you want seven inches or do you want nine oh, inches? Shit. You get to choose. I got I go, nine. I, you have a nine one. <laughs> I go big. So. Good nine inches. Let's do See, it. the nine inches puts my knees too high. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. swear to God. They're holding the boobs because up. Well, I'm you're little. still short. I'm yeah, five four. So for me, my knees go. Wah. Yeah. So seven inches does me just fine. Well, see, you know, everything we're talking about is so helpful because I think communication is the key to this. In, in terms of the way we see sexuality, the way we see our bodies, the way we poop, all of those things, we have so much shame surrounding. And shame is a killer. Mm-hmm. It is a killer. And when we have a voice, all of us have a, a platform to, uh, to to where people listen to us. This is, these are the places where we can really change some attitudes and loosen it up, mm-hmm. sort of to give the, our culture a high colonic. Loosen yes. that stool right yes. up. Loosen that stool yeah. right up. And I think uh, it's a very courageous thing that we that we do. I'm speaking for all of us right yes, now. Yes, I agree, Rue. It's True. very, and you have a child. You have the opportunity, you, both Michelle and, and uh, do you have any children, Dr. Chris? I don't. You guys have uh, children. You have the opportunity to shape their minds. Program them right. What program them right? I don't think, I don't think you understand the conversation that me and my son have I keep nothing from my baby great nothing so I have a c-section scar right and he sees it because I'm naked in front of my kid all the time Mm -hmm. and he's like mommy what's that and I was like oh this is where you came out of mommy's belly and I was like well you were supposed to come out of my vagina Uh but you were actually going to come out butt first and the doctor said that you can't come out butt first they have to cut my stomach open and take you out that way. So, so crazy, right? We were out, you know, in public and literally he's, my son talks about vagina all the time now. I love it. Cause he just likes the word. I love it. Right? I lo- That's him waving at us right now. And he he's, looks just like you, Amber. He's so beautiful. Like you. Thank you. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing. I mean, so many of us in my, my, I came into the world. I didn't know. And I had to learn for myself. My parents kept their mouths closed. Mm. Here he comes now. Wait, oh, He's locked out. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. locked out. Yeah. But no, I think it's great because we, we, we don't have the tools in life that our parents really should have it's sent us out. Us. Right. It's, it's up to us. It's up to us to educate them. They're going to learn stuff from their friends in school, but it's us to uh, up to us to teach them right for wrong, mm-hmm. but also to expand so wait, their mind. So let me drop That's a doctor. That's bedtime story every night, down. by the way. I love it that you came out of mommy's belly. It's yeah. All that. Yeah, and I also tell them, so I'm on the toilet, right? Uh-huh. Got my period, right? My son is on my hip constantly all day sorry he's screaming in the background That's right now i don't know if you can hear he wants him. To you get, come in yeah. yeah he wants to come in but um you know he's with me in the bathroom and i have my period and he's like mommy oh. are you okay yeah. you're bleeding are you okay and i'm like yes honey it's mommy's period i explain that i get it every month yeah that i get it for like five days this is a tampon this is a pad so now he's four years old i say hey honey go over there and get mommy a tampon he knows exactly where to go. I say only women have their period. You're not going to have your period. And he's four years old. So after the podcast, you can test him and ask him about all that. He's going to have the full <laughs> clinical story behind it. And he knows everything. And I just feel like to educate your kids, 
with everything and don't make it weird for them. Right. No, it's boys us. get it's older and they're like, oh, period. Shame oh, on. And so I always say to parents, whatever it is you're uncomfortable talking about, you're going to instill shame in your child exactly. about that Correct. topic. So where the shame is, is where the work is. That's right. right. If you have shame about, that's what you actually need to be leaning into and talking my about. My kids have been in therapy and I'm not trying to be like, mm, but my kids have been in therapy since they were five and seven. Okay. Because I saw things starting as a former eating disorder person, right. I thought saw things starting. And I have a daughter with severe clinical depression. So I start, she started that signs of that early on. I'm not saying that everybody could afford, everybody should be some insurance, allow it. Luckily mine did at the mm-hmm. time. Good therapy really helps, but good parenting changes their yeah. lives. Yeah. Well, knowledge is power and yes. darkness cannot survive in the presence of light. Mm-hmm. Show your child the light and show your friends. And that's what Love uh, Love Lines, your podcast, what mm-hmm. we do on our podcast, that's what the purpose is and to, to share with our friends. Yes. So, and hey, you guys, not alone. thank you so much for thanks being for on this for podcast. Thanks for having us, you guys. So great. I, I did your podcast and you guys can find it on Love Lines, um, on iTunes and- Play.it. Um, yes. Uh, Spotify. Yeah, yes. Amber Ro- uh, Love Line with Amber Rose com as well and then there's a slut walk that's uh coming up in october yeah it should uh, be october 7th as of right now um but we're working on a venue because last year um our our capacity was reached probably by one o'clock in the afternoon oh my goodness so i think that we're kind of past capacity right now so we need to find a new venue yeah maybe maybe santa monica maybe the santa monica what maybe venice beach or well ideally we're trying to get Santa Monica Boulevard where they have the gay parade yes. and the AIDS walk yeah. um, is extremely expensive so uh. if there's any sponsors out there that want, uh, want to help me with slut walk mm-hmm. um, you know and uh, kind of go ahead and pay for that that mm-hmm. would be great, <laughs> <laughs> great. that would be great right. well thank you guys so much thank you and uh, it was a pleasure and Michelle until, until next time, time. <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> can I get an amen Love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get a name, man? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen. Hey, hey,